In the 16th century, a man with a gold hooped earring and a little goatee picked up a quill and wrote some of the finest sonnets the world has ever seen. Five hundred, six hundred, five hundred years later, a man with nothing better to do sits down with a microphone and tries to work out what the hell that bloke was going on about. Welcome to the final couplet. Hello there, and welcome back to the final couplet with me, Theo Cowan. How are you doing? You alright? That's what's great about doing a podcast on your own is that no one can answer back to you. So I've just asked you if you're alright. It doesn't really matter. But I do hope you are doing okay, in all honesty. Unless you're a listener that's sort of a bad person, in which case maybe go to therapy and sort yourself out. Now, before we dive into this week's sonnet, I was having a little look at the BBC News website today. BBC News, of course, uh, the British Broadcasting Company for the international listeners out there. And uh, they had a little piece about it being 400 years since the first folio of Shakespeare's was published. Uh, That is, of course, all of Shakespeare's works popped into one book, all of the plays and stuff. Um, Don't think it had the sonnets in it, though, so maybe they overlooked them when they were creating the first folio, or they just thought, nah, not worth putting in. Not worth putting in. Not his finest works. Anyway, 400 years, that's quite a long time, isn't it? And the BBC are sort of bigging themselves up, saying, oh, yeah, we're, we're going to get Judy Dench and and, and uh, who else? Uh, who, who else does Shakespeare? Uh, Ian McKellen and sort of Rory Kinnear and all them lot. And uh, they're going to get them to do little extracts and stuff. And I thought, that'll be a good idea for my podcast. But then, of course, I realised I don't have any money or a producer. So uh, you won't be getting that. But nice to think that if I did have money and a producer that you would be listening to that. So as we dive into Sonnet 27 today, maybe imagine that Ian McKellen is sat to my left and Dame Judy Dench to my right. And Rory Kinnear... sat behind me all of them looking over my shoulder checking in on me right come on Rory come on Ian come on Judy let's dive in to sonnet 27 sonnet 27 weary with toil I haste me to my bed the dear repose for limbs with travail tired but then begins a journey in my head to work my mind when body's works expired. For then my thoughts from far where I abide intend a zealous pilgrimage to thee and keep my drooping eyelids open wide looking on darkness which the blind do see. Save that my soul's imaginary sight presents thy shadow to my sightless view 
which, like a jewel hung in ghastly night, makes black night beauteous, and her old face new. Lo, thus by day my limbs, by night my mind, for thee and for myself no quiet find. Well, that for me is a yes. It's a yes from me. I really like that one. If Shakespeare came into Dragon's Den with that sonnet and tried to sell it to me, I'd say, thanks for your pitch, William. Uh, I want 0% of the company, uh, but here's 50,000 50, for you to make more sonnets. It's quite a good way of looking at it, I think, actually. Like if, if I were on Dragon's Den and an old William Shakespeare came in, because if he came in with one of his earlier sonnets, you know, about the young man having kids, I'd say, I don't think it's not for me, actually. It's not for me. Unless these sonnets, you know, really change in tone. I'm not going to put 50,000 into this without for only 10% of the company. Get out of here. It's disgusting that you've come in with that. That's what I'd say. But this one, yeah, I'd give him the money and say, here you go. Write more. Yes, please. More of that, please. Sir? Anyway, let's try and work out what Sonnet 27 means line by line. So we start with, weary with toil, I haste me to my bed. The deer repose for limbs with travail tired. Which means, you know, when I'm knackered from working really hard, I go to bed, like we all do. That lovely place where I can rest my tired, tired body from all that hard work I've been doing. But then begins a journey in my head to work my mind when body's work's expired. Which means my mind starts to work and think about loads of things just as my body is starting to chill out and relax. Nightmare. For then my thoughts, from far where I abide, intend a zealous pilgrimage to thee. And my mind starts this long journey from where I am, which is far away from you, to where you are. Essentially, I start thinking about you, whoever this is addressed to. And keep my drooping eyelids open wide, looking on darkness which the blind do see. And all this thinking about you keeps my eyes open, wide open, and I'm just staring out into the darkness, just as blind people see just darkness. Now, I don't know if that's strictly true. Um, at blind people, I don't, I don't think they just see blackness, not necessarily anyway. So maybe he didn't know that back then. That's just what he thought. Probably should have done a bit of research on that, Shakespeare. Save that my soul's imaginary sight presents thy shadow to my sightless view, which, like a jewel hung in ghastly night, makes black night beauteous and her old face new. So, within that darkness, my imagination sees you, and you are like a shining jewel hanging in a horrible night. And that image of you makes the horrible night, horrible old night, look young and beautiful. 
And now we're on to the final couplet. Lo, thus by day my limbs, by night my mind, for thee and for myself no quiet find. Which basically means, because of you, I'm bloody knackered in the day. And when it comes to night, my mind just thinking about you. So it's tiring as well. So I'm just tired all the time. There's no peace. So that one is an interesting one because I feel like this is one of the few that I can really relate to. You know, when you're just so tired and you can't wait for a bit of sleep and you get into bed and you turn the light off. Maybe you do a bit of scrolling on your phone. Maybe you do an hour or two of scrolling through Instagram on your phone. Anyway, you turn that off. And you just can't turn your brain off. Now, I'm not necessarily thinking about a singular person, but just about loads of things. And I think this is really nicely written. And, you know, if someone had written this to me, this is one of the few for me. If someone had written this and given it to me, I would think, wow, that's so nice that you just can't stop thinking about me. But having said that, I would give this one little note to Shakespeare that at the end, maybe don't whine about it. You know, you've 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 written this really nice poem that is saying when I go to bed, like I just can't sleep because I'm thinking about you so much and you're so beautiful and you make, you know, the old ugly night nighttime look beautiful. But actually it is really annoying and I wish I could get some sleep is what he's saying at the end and that just ruins it I think he should say if I were to rewrite this I think he should say at the end and you know what I'm not bothered because I'm thinking about you and that's beautiful not and my body's knackered and my mind's knackered and it's pissing me off and there's no real rhyme or reason to why he wrote those last two lines like that other than that he was really tired and, and grumpy when he wrote the sonnet and and he thought, actually, I'm going to let this person know that it's making me a bit miserable. Now, we should probably put this to our story, shouldn't we? And if you remember last week, if you listen to last week's episode, Shakespeare has made friends with a cat who he's called Percutio. It's good, isn't it? And he's sent this cat off into the night with sonnet 26 and just hoping that the cat goes to someone that would be a good match with him it's almost like an early form of tinder really and the cat went out into the streets and did a bit of searching and eventually found this shadowy person on a bench and the person read the sonnet and that's where we're up to So let's continue, shall we? The shadowy figure on the bench finished reading Sonnet 26. They put down the piece of paper, looked at the cat. The cat meowed. They picked the piece of paper up again and reread the poem. They thought, this is bizarre, but also some of the most beautiful writing I've ever read. They had a strange feeling. 
that they had a connection to this person just from the writing. And they flipped the paper over to see if there were any details. On the back, there was a singular address and a note saying, Don't come, write. And the shadowy figure thought, Wow, this is so romantic. They don't want me to come and see who they are. They want me to write back to them and create a bond based on literature. They scooped up the cat and ran back to their house. As soon as they got in, they put a little saucer of milk down for the cat and the cat gobbled it all up. At this point, the cat's actually pretty annoyed because it's just become a messenger. Much like in one of Shakespeare's plays where they don't have many lines and they're not very important, but they do deliver important news. And the shadowy figure ran up to their writing desk and they thought, "Mm, unfortunately, I'm not a great writer and this person who's written to me seems pretty good at it, but I'll give it a good go. And they pulled out a quill, blew off the dust from it, popped it in the ink and wrote, Hello, how are you? Question mark. I got your message. Thanks for the lovely words. Although I don't know you, I feel I do know you. And the thought of your lips upon mine own lips brings such joy to me that I almost explode. Lots of love, shadowy figure. And the shadowy figure put down their quill and thought, that was actually pretty good writing. Like, almost as good as the writing they got. Maybe even better. Maybe even better. And the person receiving this is going to absolutely love it. So they ran downstairs to the now sleeping cat. They gave it a little kick and the cat woke up all groggy. And they said, you've got to deliver this. And the cat meowed as if to say, please let me sleep. And the shadowy figure said, come on, I need you to deliver this, please. And the cat meowed as if to say, all right then. So the shadowy figure attached their poem around the cat's neck. And the cat ran off into the night all the way back to William Shakespeare's house. It arrived and knocked on the door with its little paw. Shakespeare opened the door and looked down at the cat and scooped it up and went, hurrah, hurrah, Percutio's back, hurrah! And then saw that there was a letter attached to Percutio's neck. And Shakespeare took the letter and read it, put it down, thought, and then read it again. And he thought to himself, okay, maybe this isn't the best writing in the world, but look, I can't expect everyone to have the supreme ability of myself. And so he went upstairs into his bed, switched off his bedside candle and stared into the darkness. He tried so hard to sleep, but the thought of who this person could be kept swimming around his mind and he conjured up images of some of the most beautiful people his mind could possibly 
Imagine, morning came around and he hadn't had a wink of sleep. And he was a bit pissed off at this point. His brain was really working overtime. But he thought, I'd better write something back, otherwise they'll lose interest. So he grabbed his quill from his desk and he wrote Sonnet 27. He ran downstairs, kicked the sleeping cat awake and he thought, that's annoying that the cat got some sleep and I didn't. I hate that cat. And the cat meowed at him as if to say, don't blame it on me. All right, I'm just the messenger. And Shakespeare said, I know, I'm sorry. You're really important to me. I've just had a really long night. I love you, you know that. And the cat meowed, I know, I know, William. And then William attached Sonnet 27 to Percutio's neck and sent them off into the night. They ran and ran and eventually found the shadowy figure again, this time in a tavern. The shadowy figure plucked Sonnet 27 from the cat's collar and read Sonnet 27. Tired from work, I go to bed, that lovely place to rest my knackered body after a long day of labour. But then I start to journey in my head, making my mind work when my body is resting. Then my thoughts go on a pilgrimage to you, far from where I am, and keep my drooping eyes wide open, looking into the darkness as blind people do. Except my imagination shows me your image in the darkness, which like a jewel hung in horrible night, makes the old, dark night look young and beautiful. Because of you, my body can't rest in the day, and my mind finds no peace at night. Ooh, the plot thickens. Who is this shadowy figure? I, for one, am desperate to know. I'm going to have to have a real good think about who it is. Do you have any suspicions? Maybe put them in the comments. Is there even a comment section on my podcast? I don't know. If there is, put it in the comments. If there isn't, put it in your mind and think about it. Anyway, until next week. Bye.